of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and we are here going through the Psalm Project, going through the book of Psalms. I am setting them all to music, and we are here today in Psalm 68. It is a lengthy psalm. I am not going to read it because this is one that I have set to music with the text being read during the setting. And so, um, I, you know, I was thinking the other day, I haven't composed a psalm in a while that involves red text. And so this is one uh, that I came across. It was kind of lengthy, and so to um, be as efficient as possible, I decided to read the text in the recording. And and, uh, so, again, this is another use for corporate worship. You could have somebody reading a psalm and then juxtapose it with a song refrain by the congregation. Uh, I, I want people to be creative in how they present scripture. You do not just read scripture, you present it. And so there are various ways. Um, and, and you don't have to come up with something original. There are, I mean, there are a gazillion ways online you could search for how to creatively present scripture. Um, there, there are things like reader's theater where someone, especially if it's a story narrative perhaps or a parable, Um, somebody could read the passage or multiple people read the passage and then have uh, people act out what is going on in the passage. Or uh, I've seen it where not only do they act it out, but maybe they create a pose or stand still in some sort of fashion that depicts what is going on in that text. And so uh, people should really consider how to be creative in presenting scripture. So, Uh, Psalm 68, it is a psalm of David. Um, It has has a quality that that really is worshipful. It is a a psalm of praise, Uh, but there are some graphic images in it. For example, it talks about God scattering his enemies. Um, And while people may look at that and think, well, that's graphic and bad, but the truth is that if that's what God desires and his will is accomplished, then no matter what we think, it is good. And there are enemies of God. In fact, Paul says that we were all enemies of God prior to his redemption of our lives. And so, um, but this is referring to the enemies of God in Israel. Uh, It has an enigmatic quality and some of found it so disconnected as to suggest that it was a collection of the first line of other poems, perhaps. But there are some common themes and attitudes in the psalm. When you read it, and you'll hear it when I read the text in the recording, you might think this is kind of all over the place. There's no connection. And so that's why people might think that. But I I read it, and I do see a general connection as to praising God for how he has blessed Israel and what he has done to his own enemies. It has a hymn-like mood of joy with frequent allusions to community worship. And in it, in Psalm 68, God appears as a warrior at the center of the psalm. And so his victory over his enemies 
as expressed here, became the background for Jesus' victory over the forces of Satan at the ascension. Listen to this, Ephesians 4, 7 through 13. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ, until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." Um, I am writing a book on um, the equipping ministry of pastors and the role of ministry of the saints, of congregants, and I'm using this text, except I don't go back to the um, to verses 7 through 10, and my, my book is starting with verse 11. Uh, verses 7 through 10 are largely... Um, argued in many different respects and and the the perspectives on those verses are unique they they're uh, disparate in so many ways so when you talk about Jesus ascending and descending one of the creeds says that Jesus descended into hell uh, there's you know there are references in scripture i mean when we think of what did Jesus do when it says that he preached to the spirits uh, in the lower regions, uh, there are many interpretations of that. And so the scope of this psalm and this prod- podcast is not to get into that. But just be aware that there are uh, perspectives on that. Um, the point I'm trying to make is that this became the background. This psalm is the background for Jesus' victory over the forces of, of Satan here at the ascension. When Jesus ascended... The victory was complete, and he will return in glory one day. So I'm just going to point out a few verses in this. There are 35 vo- verses you will hear it read during the recording, but let's just look at a few things in this. Right off the bat, verse 1, God shall arise, his enemies shall be scattered. God shall arise, um, it, 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 it's a reminder, it reminds me of Numbers 10.35, whenever the, the ark was set out, Moses said, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee before you. And so these were the first words Moses spoke each day before Israel marched during the wilderness period. And as he spoke, the ark, the ark of the covenant would be raised to lead the procession, as, and the people of Israel followed. But then you see a graphic image of what happens with the power of God. In verse 2, as smoke is driven away, so you should drive them away as as wax melts before fire. And these two images call on God to deal with the enemy very, very quickly. Verse 5, father of the fatherless and protector of the widows. Widows and orphans were particularly vulnerable in ancient society, and so God commanded Israel to take care of them in the same way that we today should take care of them. Verse 6, God settles the solitary in a home. 
Since the family was the center of Israelite society, those outside of its structure were alone and often needy. Verse 7. God, when you went out before your people, you you marched through the wilderness. And this reference is to the 40 years in the wilderness. You're probably familiar with that, that the people of Israel stayed in the wilderness for 40 years. Verse 8. The earth quaked. So God uh, made the heavens quake at Sinai in Exodus 19, 18 and 19. And so this is a remembrance of that. In his great power and glory, he made the earth quake. Verse 9, rain in abundance, God, you shed abroad. This is an essential blessing in a land that was really not known for a lot of rainfall. Long droughts had devastating effects. One of the most devastating ones we're familiar with is 1 Kings 17 through 19, when Elijah eventually called down fire from heaven. There was a drought, and many times these droughts were caused by God because of Israel's rebellion. Verse 11, the great host, the Lord gives the word, the women who announce the news are a great host. This word here, this Hebrew word, when it talks about a great host, is a military term and would have been very uncommon for it to be used to refer to women. But it is used here to refer to the women who announce the great news. Verse 12, the kings of the armies, they flee. The women at home divide the spoil. When you talk about the spoil, uh, Judges 5.30 says, have they not found and divided the spoil? a womb or two for every man. When you talk about the spoils of war, that is uh, the the stuff that's left over from the war. So in Israel or whoever perhaps went to battle, they would take whatever they wanted. I mean, whether it was gold or silver, or, you know, possessions or even the women. And so again, this is very graphic, but in this case, It is talking about the women at home dividing the spoil. Not the men, but the women. And and a, a reference to God's economy that he flips the world's economy on its side. And in his plan, it is different. Verse 16. Why do you look with hatred, O many peaked mountain, on the mount that God desired for his abode? Yes, where the Lord will dwell forever. The mount that God desired for his abode. The, ba- the Bashan mountains are physically majestic. Uh, they're, they're more imposing than the ones in Zion. But Zion's is surpassing because Zion's majesty is spiritual, not physical. And so when we think about what Again, God's economy. He looks at the heart, not the physical stature. Not the external, but the internal. So even though the Bashan Mountains are more majestic in physical appearance, it is Zion that is that has a spiritual and eternal purpose. Verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God cares for his people, and he is constantly in touch with their needs. Remember the book of Hebrews. We have a great high priest who is able to sympathize with us, who has faced every trial that humankind has faced. 
And this is not just past tense. It is not just that Jesus once could sympathize with us, but he still does. A lot of people don't think about this, but when Jesus ascended, he ascended in the flesh and still today sits at the right hand of God in the flesh. And so not just that he could sympathize with us, but that he still does sympathize with us. And this psalm here could be certainly be connected to that, to that. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. He cares for his people. This passage could be contrasted with Isaiah 46, where the prophet decries the inability of the idols to care for their worshipers, but God himself does care for his people. Verse 20, God of our salvation. So the Lord saves his people from illness and from death and battle. And in Jesus Christ, his people learn that he, by his resurrection, delivers us from death by obtaining eternal life. Verse 22, another reference to Bashan. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. Likely a reference, this is to the defeat of Og, the the king of Bashan, in the period before the conquest of the land. This is in Deuteronomy 3. And then it says, I will bring them back from the depths of the sea. So God delivered Israel from death at the Red Sea. Uh, The Psalms are full of references to the past history of Israel, especially the Exodus. And so that's, this, that's what's going on here. The, the God delivered Israel from death at the Red Sea. Verse 24, your procession is seen, O God. So after being led by God in battle, the Israelite army would return to Jerusalem and they would carry the ark with them. The ark gave them power, the power of God. And you see uh, Psalm 24, uh, that, that is one that that I set in sort of a fast, joyful, um, jubilant setting. You can go back and listen to Psalm 24. This is probably a psalm that, that would have been sung on a return from battle, from a victory in battle on the way back up to Jerusalem. And so what would happen is the Israelite army would return to Jerusalem, carrying the ark with them, and the worshipers would accompany them to the temple. And verse 9. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings shall bear gifts to you. Jerusalem's prestige is interesting. It, 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 there's a spiritual aspect to it. Not just a physical, but a spiritual act uh, um, aspect to it. And so God has, at least for that time, chosen Jerusalem as a special place of his dwelling. And so that, this is why you see constant references in the Psalms to Jerusalem, and to the temple of God. Verse 30, rebuke the beasts that dwell among the reeds. This is more than just a verbal assault. To rebuke a nation is to destroy it. So what does he mean when he talks about the beasts and the reeds? This is either the crocodile or the hippopotamus, perhaps, both symbols of Egypt. You think if you've ever been to that area, there are animals such as crocodiles that do not exist here. We have alligators, and there are places where uh, there are crocodiles, but they are not native to our North American territory, at least in the United States. 
but we have alligators. But but the beasts that these that he's referring here to probably probably the crocodile or the hippopotamus, both symbols of Egypt. Verse thirty one. Cush shall hasten to stretch out her hands to God. Uh, Cush is a traditional ally of Egypt. Uh, Nahum three nine. Cush was her strength. Egypt too, and that without limit. Put uh, put and the Libyans were her helpers. So Cush was an ally of Egypt. And it's the remote land south of Egypt, including parts of modern modern Ethiopia and Sudan. Uh, but the land of Cush, this was an ally of of um, uh, of Egypt, not of Israel, but of Egypt. Thirty three. To him who rides in the heavens. So the psalmist here poetically alludes to the heavens as God's war chariot. This is how powerful he is. Not just a chariot, but he rides in the heavens as his chariot. And so this is a psalm. Again, you read the psalm and you'll hear it in the recording as I read it. You might think this is just all over the place. There's no connection. But you start if, when you look, stand back and look at it as a whole, there is certainly a connection to... Um, to God and his glory and his defeat of the enemies and his upholding of Israel. Um, if you know anything about art, impressionistic art, which is a uniquely French, 20th century French movement, when you look at impressionistic art, if you put your eyes right up to the painting, if you're very close, say a Monet painting, for example, water lilies, and you're, you're looking at it and when you're close, too close to the painting, it doesn't make sense. You really can't see it. You have to stand back and kind of look at the picture as a whole because um, same thing in impressionistic music, Debussy, for example. You don't have these um, very precise melodies. It is kind of a broad, sweeping um Melody, perhaps, with uh, chords and color notes. And so you kind of have to stand back at a distance and look at it. And that's kind of the same thing as this psalm. You have to read the whole psalm and see the psalm as a whole, rather than individual portions or verses in the psalm for it to make sense. There is certainly a connection. And so uh, this psalm has been said, as I said, with a refrain. The last uh, verse of the psalm is the refrain, awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He's the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. That is the refrain of the song. And then I have divided the psalm into three sections to be read during uh, the setting of this psalm. So here is Psalm 68 set to music. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Awesome is God in His sanctuary, God of Israel, oh, He is the one.
shall arise his enemies shall be scattered and those who hate him shall flee before him as smoke is driven away so you shall drive them away as wax melts before fire so the wicked shall perish before God but the righteous shall be glad they shall exult before God they shall be jubilant with joy sing to God sing praises to his name lift up a song to him who rides through the deserts his name is the Lord exult before him Father of the fatherless and protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the heavens poured down rain. Before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel, Rain in abundance, O God, you shed abroad. You restored your inheritance as it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. Awesome is God from his sanctuary. God of Israel, oh, he is the one who gives power and strength to his people oh blessed be our God oh blessed be our God the Lord gives the word the women who announce the news are a great host the kings of the armies they flee they flee The women at home divide the spoil, though you men lie among the sheepfolds. The wings of a dove are covered with silver, its pinions with shimmering gold. When the Almighty scatters kings there, let snow fall on Zalman. O mountain of God, mountain of Bashan, O many peaked mountain, mountain of Bashan, why do you look with hatred, O many peaked mountain, at the mount that God desires for his abode? Yes, where the Lord will dwell forever. The chariots of God are twice ten thousand, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them. Sinai is now in the sanctuary. You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Blessed be the Lord, who daily bears us up, God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation. And to God, the Lord, belongs deliverances from death. But God will strike the heads of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who walks in his guilty ways. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that you may strike your feet in their blood that the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from the foe. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, God of Israel. Oh, he is the one who gives power and strength to 
procession is seen, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers in the front, the musicians last, between them virgins playing tambourines. Bless God in the great congregation, the Lord, O you who are of Israel's fountain. There is Benjamin, the least of them, in the lead, the princes of Judah in their throng, the princes of Zebulun, the princes of Naphtali. Summon your power, O God, the power, O God, by which you have worked for us. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings shall bear gifts to you. Rebuke the beasts that dwell among the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples. Trample underfoot those who lust after tribute. Scatter the peoples who delight in war. Nobles shall come from Egypt. Cush shall hasten to stretch out her hands to God. O kingdoms of the earth, sing to God. Sing praises to the Lord. To him who rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens, behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice. Ascribe power to God whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, God of Israel. Oh, he is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Oh, blessed be our God. Oh, blessed be our God. Awesome is God from his sanctuary, God of Israel. Oh, he is the one who gives power and strength to his people. Oh, blessed be our God. Oh, blessed be our God. 